Hey, 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 it's your girl, So So Lovely. And your girl, Deja Ali. And we are the hosts of the Bad and Boozy Podcast. Join us every Wine Crush Wednesday as we discuss wine, life, and other liquor-related shenanigans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Bad and Boozy Pod. And send your drunken wine hotels to Bad and Boozy Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget... The best wine is the one you like. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L. Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute, L. Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who different. are you to, to, to doubt L. Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown... Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever, he's a great wrestler, you know... Hello, and welcome to The WrestleCast, episode 215 to be exact. I'm joined by my co-host, the SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey. And we're joined by the RawCast, WrestleCast, broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? Present. <laughs> <laughs> so, the WrestleCast can be found on the CSPN at www.cspn.us you can also follow the wrestlecast on twitter at the wrestlecast you can follow miss dd jonay on twitter at dd jonay you can follow the wrestlecast broadcast journalist on twitter at magnum prime and you can follow myself on twitter at don de la Rente. so miss dd jonay mm. it's time for you i'm to, sorry yes it's time for you to turn into um Miss Alexandra York, break out mm-hmm. your. Oh, it was uh, Marlena, her WCW gimmick. Oh. Yes. The York Foundation. She like had a computer and it used to like produce an algorithm to tell her wrestlers how to win their matches. It was so cutting oh. edge. Okay, references. <laughs> so, like, oh, and she was wearing the business suits and stuff, and like Lana. So that's what when I saw Lana wearing it, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, oh, Alexander York. Okay. But uh anyway, for us old heads, we all remember that. But it's time for Miss Didi Jonet to turn into the WrestleCast secretary administrative guru I that I she can't is. Escape it. That's my day job, and here I am. <laughs> As it's time to play who you got for tables, ladders, and chairs, TLC. This Sunday, 7 p.m., you can join us in our live tweet using the hashtag NoScrubsCast. So please join us at 7 p.m. to live tweet the TLC pay-per-view and share your commentary with color. So we'll start off with your fave, one of your faves, Miss TV show name, Finn Balor. I don't have any faves anymore. Now it's 12 matches. Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Yes, yes, yes. So I'll start with Magnum Brown. Who you got? Oof. 
Drew's got a loss now. He's not so new and shiny anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to go with him, though. I'm going I'm, I'm to roll with the the the, the not-as-hot hand as it once was, though. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to take him in this match. All right. Miss Didi Jeanne, who you got? I don't really have a reason to think this, but I kind of feel like the demon's going to come back. Probably not. But I feel like if the demon comes back, then the demon's going to win. So I'm going to pick Finn. All right. I'm going to go with the Scottish psychopath, Drew McIntyre. I think he's headed for really, really big things in 2019. Now, this match, DD, can be like an asterisk match because we've, we haven't watched any of this, or at least I haven't, so I don't really know who's going to win this. Mm-hmm. But it's the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge. Mm-hmm. So we got Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox versus R-Truth and Carmella. This is so stupid. The winner, they the winners are going to be number thirty in their respective Royal Rumble matches, and Why none of this makes sense. They're going to earn a vacation. Like, I don't. Okay, all right. That's why it's an asterisk match. So, Misty, like, who you got? Oh, go ahead. No, it's just so. At the end of the day, number thirty next. Next, whenever will either be our truth or Jinder Mahal. You know, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't even, I don't even know what's correct. <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess Jinder and Alicia. Okay, I, I, I guess. Um, Mahalisha is Mr. Sure. Didi Zane's pick. Magnum Prime, who you got? Yeah, I mean, I think it makes the, the most sense to to probably giving it to them, too. Really. Because you, right. you can have some heat going into that last. When you already know the outcome, you know who's going to be the 30th man. You can have some heat there. So, yeah, that's probably makes sense. I'm going to go with, of course, Archie's and Carmella. I'm trying to win this game. Hey. <laughs> I mean, come on. Number thirty dance break, our truth in the Royal Rumble with when it's like, you know, been real serious for like you know twenty minutes straight, and it's just the big guns in there, and then here comes our truth trying to dance with Ron Strowman. I mean that makes sense, but I would think the comedy would come somewhere in the middle. But you make a very compelling point. Yeah. Oh well, I already wrote it down. No taxis, backsies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one shall make. Miss Didi Jane perk up a little bit. Mm. Elias Ooh. versus Bobby Lashley in a ladder match where we'll have a special stipulation that Elias's guitar will be hanging above the ring as a weapon. Mm. So, Magnum Prime, who you got? Oh, boy. Well, I know who I would like to see win. Um, but I'm going to go with Lashley. 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 I prefer the other way around, but I think Lashley's going to win this one. All right. I don't think we have to ask Miss Didi Jeanette who she's got. Absolutely don't. And I will be walking alongside Miss Didi Jeanette and Elias as I will be going with Elias. I just feel like if it's a guitar match, Elias should be able to hit him with a guitar. 
Or maybe he has extra guitars under the ring. He hit everybody with a lot of guitar. Put someone in the ring. That Jared would do. Just have extra guitars. Yeah, and Jeff Jarrett was on like SmackDown. They like if you you know look at their YouTube page, he was backstage at SmackDown. Why not Raw, where he has the connection with Elias? He could teach him some things. Nothing they can compare makes notes. Sense. I don't Nothing get it. I just don't get it. Okay, so our next match, Natalia versus Ruby Riot in a tables match. Miss Didi Jonay, who you got? I actually have Ruby, but I'm gonna be nice and say I have Maddie. All right. She don't. She need to get some some fire up in her bones. Maybe Hang this will some, do it. Maybe start hanging out with the Usos or something. Like. Well, you know, she's kind of lost her way now that Cesaro and Sheamus aren't on Raw anymore. She doesn't have anybody to really connect with like that. New Day's gone. You know, her and Big E. They're real tight. Mm. So, yeah, all her peoples are on SmackDown. It's like she fl- she's more of a SmackDown girl, actually, is what the problem is. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm just ready for her best friend, Ronda Rousey, to come help her, you know, at some point. Magnum Prime, Natalia versus Ruby Riot. Who you got? I'm going with Ruby Riot. Smart choice. <laughs> I don't like Ruby's face. That's really the only reason why I'm choosing Ruby. I don't. It's not ugly. It's just she. You can tell she used to suck her thumb. I don't like it. Oh, all right. Some teeth. Hard hitting analysis only found here on the WrestleCast. I'm petty. We. It's established. I'm going to go with. Uh, there's one really? side of me that really wants to see like Natalia go through the gym night heart table just because it'd be like super heel, super duper heel. But I'm like you, Didi. I think it's time for Natalia to get something going in her favor. So I'll go with Natalia. Okay. You see how we become so conflicted over here when heel is like. <laughs> yeah. It's like I like I I don't mind rooting for the heel. It's just I want better for Natty in this situation. Like she See. needs to feel the rage. You act like Daniel Bryan. Just kick the shit out of somebody. <laughs> Next up, we have Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin in a TLC match where the stipulation in this match is Strowman will earn a Royal Rumble title shot against Brock Lesnar if he wins and Corbin will be the permanent Raw GM if he wins, but he will lose all authority if he loses. I so, would love to believe we're all on one accord with this. <laughs> so, Magnum Prime, who you got? I'm going with Strowman. Oh, well, Donald, it's all on you because we already know who I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to pick Braun Strowman. Okay. But I have a I have a alternative scenario that if I hit on this, I should be able to get like two bonus Which points. You want, you want bonus points? Oh, okay. Let's, prop bits. Let's, yeah. let's 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 talk about it and I'll see. Okay, yeah, yeah. You're the you're the arbiter here. Yeah, I am. Since okay. I gotta take these damn notes. <laughs> <laughs> so Braun Strowman's fucked up and he can't make it. Right. Right. 
Mm-hmm. So Baron thinks he's gonna win by forfeit because they've been building that shit up. He's gonna, you know, every time he's interviewed, I'm gonna win by forfeit. Mm-hmm. Well, he thinks he's gonna win by forfeit, but Kurt Angle comes out and wrestles for Braun Strowman, and mm-hmm. the same stipulations occur as a one night only, whatever. Kurt Angle beats Braun, I mean, beats Baron, and he loses all authority, and you know, it kills two storylines right there about because you know. Kurt okay. Barron never really had their final thing with the GM stuff. So tell you what, that is very specific. I will give you one point if that happens. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. I need all the help I can get for this game. Mm-hmm. It's not over. We still have Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy for the WWE Cruiserweight title. Remember those guys? Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? I don't know these people. No, I know Cedric. I'll, I'll go with Buddy though. Okay. No, no real reason. Okay. M- Magnum Prime, who you got? Yeah, I, I think Murphy's gonna keep it for a while, so I'll say Champ retain. All right. I'm gonna go with Buddy Murphy as well. Next up, it's Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio yeah. in a chairs match. Magnum Prime, who you got? <sighs> Do we have to on this? You got uh, to, man. You got to. I just, I'm not going to fruit for Orton <laughs> at all at this point. So, yeah. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Miss Didi Jone? Anyone but Orton. All right. And I'm going to say Mr. Ray Mysterio as well. We have a triple threat for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. As the Usos face off against the New Day versus the champions, the Bar, Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? This is gonna be a tough one for you. Oh, there I hope for the six-time champs. Um, uh, let's go with the Usos. All right, Magnum Prime, who you got? All right, this is scary as yeah, yeah. I gotta agree with you. It's, it's time for the Usos to to come out on top again. So, um, day one ish. All right, I'm going to agree with Magnum Prime. I like the Usos to come out as the champions on this particular battle. We have the Raw Women's Title match as Nia Jax goes up against Ronda Rousey. Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? Uh, okay, this is about who wins the match. Even on the technicality. So I'll still say, you know, I don't like it, but I will say wrong. Okay. Magnum Prime, who you got? Champ retains. I will agree with both of my co-hosts here. Ronda Rousey will be the winner of this match. Next up, probably the match that everybody wants to tune in to see, to be honest with you. The TLC triple threat match for the SmackDown women's title as Asuka faces off against Charlotte Flair versus the man at Becky Lynch. Magnum Prime, who you got? The true main event. I'm going to go with the man. All right. Miss Didi Zone. I'm also going with Becky. 
but I will be very okay if Oscar manages to win too. All right. I will be going with Becky Lynch as well. For the WWE Intercontinental title, we have Dean Ambrose going up against Seth Rollins. Miss Didi Jonet, who you got? Uh, no stipulation for this match. It's just a matchy match. Just a match. Mm. 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 I don't know. I guess I'll stick with Seth. All right. Magnum Prime, who you got? Uh, I'm going with the WWE's version of Bane. He breaks the bat. <laughs> we got a new champ. All right. I think that they're going to position Seth Rollins to be the man here on Raw for a little while, so I'm going to go with Seth Rollins. And our final match for the WWE title, AJ Styles versus the new Daniel Bryan. Magnum Prime, who you got? I, I gotta go with gotta go with Brian. I don't see why you take it off of him at this point. Miss Didi Jeanette. AJ is Cena, but just like John Cena, I'm never picking him. So Daniel it is. Alright, and I'm gonna go with the clean sweep as well. Daniel Bryan retains. So we agree on everything. Jesus. Scary. Yeah, it's very, very scary. <laughs> So, Even with the triple threat matches, we're, we're pretty on one accord. Yeah, it's just a few matches at all. You know, it's always like that. It's like one or two or three matches that makes a difference. Yeah. So please, again, join us Sunday night starting at 7 o'clock. Use the hashtag NoScrubsCast to share your commentary with color. Also, if you are inclined to watch the pre-shows, always use the hashtag SayNoToPreShows to interact during the pre-show and uh, we're looking forward to everybody's thoughts and uh, gifts and comments and the live tweet it always makes things much more enjoyable so once again this is the WrestleCast this is episode 215 I'm joined by Miss Didi Jode my Smackdown Matters correspondent and the WrestleCast broadcast journalist Mr. Magnum Prime we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw I don't even know where Monday Night Raw was from this week. I didn't catch it, but. From hell. <laughs> I think in Texas, so was that last week. I think that was last week they did the Texas Loop. It was somewhere in the West Coast. It might have been Nevada because they were in Vegas for SmackDown. So it was somewhere close. Mm-hmm. But Seth Rollins comes out. He's hyping this weekend's TLC match against Dean Ambrose. But he's also out here to spit some hot fire. He invites Baron Corbin down to the ring. Corbin says they could be doing this in private. But he says, you know, he's here. And then Seth Rollins says, shut up and listen. Rollins says that under Corbin's leadership, Raw has sucked because Corbin has made the show all about him. Corbin says he's allowing Seth to vent, but that Rollins needs to watch his tone. Rollins praises the roster and the fact that Corbin has no idea what to do with them. Rollins cites the case of the revival being buried in the Lucha House Party matches. He also brings up the horrible pissing segments. 
Rollins then runs down Brock for never being there, and that says he Brock hasn't had a match on Raw since 2002. Rollins says fan and roster support, morale, and ratings are at an all-time low due to Baron Corbin. Corbin says he doesn't care because this is his show. He threatens to make things worse. He says he will win at TLC, become the permanent GM, and then put Rollins through hell. Rollins challenges Corbin to a match right here and right now, a TLC match. Corbin refuses. Rollins calls him a coward repeatedly. Corbin finally accepts, and then he says this match will be for the Intercontinental title. So, it's obvious that Seth Rollins listens to the WrestleCast. Because uh, he repeated almost verbatim what Didi Jonet had to say about what was wrong with Raw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I be knowing. <laughs> and it's very interesting that uh, the man himself probably wrote this promo about the man himself. What'd you think, G? <laughs> yeah, I did think it was an interesting promo. It was probably one of the the better set promos we had in a while. But yeah, I I, I was really rolling on the floor when they tried to throw all the eels of the show at Corbin's feet. Yeah. That, that did give me one of the best laughs I probably had in the past month. Yeah, Corbin took the hit for uh, Vince and all the writers. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very interesting promo, though. It was good. It was real good. And maybe uh, at least for once in a blue moon, they acknowledge the fact that, yeah, we say your shit sucks. <laughs> and the numbers finally backed it up enough and times in a row where they're like, okay, we got to do, we got to at least acknowledge it. Even if we don't do nothing about it, at least we acknowledged it. So Seth is interviewed backstage. He says it may not be a smart decision, but he has to be a leader and take a stand. First matchup of the night, we get Bobby Roode and Chad Gable versus the AOP and Drake Maverick. This is a two-on-three handicap match for the Raw Tag Team titles. Now, before we get into what happened, uh, it only took, like, what, four months, five months, but Chad Gable finally upgraded his gear. This man got a robe. He got some <laughs> blue trunks. He got, you know, a little glorious headband. Like, now you looked apart, my man. Like, y'all can't come out here calling yourselves a tag team all Mitch match. Gotta, you know, coordinate. So, Chad Gable makes the tag. Bobby Roode runs wild, and then he flies into an overhead toss. We get double teams on Bobby Roode, but Chad Gable makes the save. The AOP hit the super collider, and the netbreaker powerbomb follows. Drake Maverick tags in, and he mocks Bobby Roode, but Drake Maverick gets cradled, and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable get the win and are your new Raw Tag Team Champions. Roode and Gable celebrate backstage, and, you know, they're talking about all their hard work and, pre- you know, perseverance finally paid off. And, you know, they are your new champions. So all it took was some matching gear and voila. <laughs> got the titles. Got to look like champions. Can't be out here ragtag going after the titles. Um, Natalia comes out. She says she's usually all smiles, but she has to talk about Ruby Riot. She loves the business, and she loves WWE, but Ruby has no respect at all. 
Ruby made this personal and tried to destroy her father's legacy. Natalia says that she had to fight for everything. For some reason, she brings up the Montreal Screwjob and says she is proud to be a heart and represent her family. At TLC, she will teach Ruby about respect and is dedicating her match Sunday to her father, Jim, the Anvil Nightheart. Natty says she will take everything she has and drive Ruby ass through a table. The riot squad arrives with a table. Ruby mocks Natalia for crying again. Ruby says Natalia doesn't need respect. She needs a good counselor. Natalia doesn't represent her family. She disgraces it. Ruby reveals the table has a picture of Jim Nightheart on it. Sunday at TLC, when she puts Natty through this table, Natalia and Jim will be closer than ever. Damn. It's just like Natty got no Ruby has the fire for Natty like she's the offended party and I'm just trying to figure out like what what's got to happen for Natty to like snap somebody got to like kidnap a kitten like what's what's gonna be the end what we gotta do I don't know but um uh, Ruby Riot leveled up on her heel meter and I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was like, damn, that's cool. That's on some Samoa Joe type shit. Oh, it was like, it's cool, which is fine. I'm not mad at Ruby. I'm mad at Natty. Because you got to match fire with fire. Especially when they're talking about your dead daddy. But, yeah, I can't. <laughs> Finn Balor is not at Raw due to injury. So his match with McIntyre is still advertised for Sunday. McIntyre says that he beat Finn Balor so bad, he's not here tonight, and he'll just finish the job on Sunday. So we get the rematch between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Dolph collapses on a super kick attempt. Drew McIntyre talks trash. We get a zigzag by Dolph, and that gets two count. McIntyre kills Dolph with the Claymore, and Drew McIntyre gets the win. After the match, McIntyre kicks the shit out of Dolph until the agents and refs make the save. McIntyre looks like he's going to leave. Then on the outside, he hits another Claymore that sends Dolph into the LED board. So um, they did like an air raid crash off the uh, off the ropes. And uh, Dolph got lucky he didn't break his arm or dislocate his shoulder. But then he probably got put into concussion protocol when his head snapped off against the LED board. So this looked like a tough night at the office for Mr. Ziegler. Sorry, Dee Dee. I mean. We get some highlights of Slater beating Rhino. And that led to Rhino being gone from Raw. And he's Slater becoming a referee. Poor he's Slater. It's Christmas time. He had a tough decision out here. You know, kids need Christmas gifts. His wife. Rhino, he'll be all right. We got Bailey versus Alicia Fox. The Sings distract Bailey and Fox hits a big boot. Apollo Crews arrives and Sasha Banks joins him to take out the Sings and Gender Mahal. Apollo then throws Banks into the Sings and Gender. Back in, we get a Bailey to Bailey and Bailey is victorious over Alicia Fox. Aditi, as I take a sip of my drink, what are you having tonight or are you done because your evening already consisted? Oh, please. I have whiskey and sweet tea. It sounds it's like smooth, a winner. It's nice. It's dark. 
It's not heavy, though. It's nice. Charlie, she interviews Dean Ambrose. Ambrose doesn't care about Rollins and says he called himself the architect to keep attention on himself. He says Rollins has a huge ego and always had to step on others to be the man. If Rollins is still the Intercontinental Champion after tonight, Dean will take it on Sunday. Ambrose just asks, what about what would Roman think about all of this? And Ambrose says, who cares? They show footage of Ambrose turning on Rollins the night of the Reigns Leukemia News. We also get footage of last week's Bane uh, impersonation. And uh, Dean just kind of walks off after the video gets through playing. G, I'll ask you again. Are they building this up enough to where you actually care about it? Or is this actually making you more intrigued with Dean Ambrose and less enamored with Seth Rollins? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say more so the interest is with Ambrose. But I, I will say this. It's something that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, not like that mess we got with just Rollins and Dolph and, you know, in their version of Infinity War. Or <laughs> To where it just it never stops. So at least this is something different, and I, I can dig that. Didi, mm-hmm. set time of the night. You got yeah. your walking shoes on. I do. Because Elias is here for a special performance. Oh, because uh, she was in other places of fabuloso. She wasn't there, but. Elias runs down Bobby Lashley and he praises San Diego. What's up, Jade? Elias has a match with Leah Rush tonight and he will teach Leo a lesson and then Elias plays his song. So Elias versus Leo Rush. Lashley gets involved, allowing Leo to attack. Leo runs wild with kicks, but Elias plants him with a power bomb and Lashley hits the ring and attacks Elias and he intimidates Heath Slater. Leo grabs the guitar, he gives it to Lashley, and Lashley lays out Elias. Leo covers, and Lashley makes Heath Slater count the pinfall. Uh, what are they doing to Elias? He doesn't just like these things. It's just not good. It's, I mean, Leo Rush? Really? No, it's disrespectful. <laughs> So Baron Corbin tells Slater that he did well tonight and he has another match that he has to be the ref in later. Alexa Bliss arrives, followed by Nia Jackson Tamina. Nia has a statement to make. She's uh, winning the title on Sunday. She mocks Ronda and says Ronda should just give her the title to avoid the humiliation at TLC. She, Nia, doesn't, Nia says she doesn't talk trash. She's a Samoan woman and Rousey's biggest fear. She says that this right hand is her weapon. She broke Becky's face. And on Sunday, she'll punch Rousey in the face and punch her over and over until Ronda Rousey taps out. Nia runs down Rousey's accomplishments, but plans to win as she takes out the myth of Rousey. Ronda arrives and says she's not here to hit poses and she wants to fight. Ronda rushes the ring. Tamina and Nia Jax bail. They look to attack when Ember Moon arrives to even the odds. This Sunday, I'm going to become the Raw Women's Champion. At the direct expense 
of Ronda Rousey. Now, if she had half a brain left, and she doesn't, she would walk out here tonight and lay the title right here at my feet so she can avoid the beating and humiliation that's coming to her at TLC. I realize Rhonda comes from a world where you have to talk trash to hype up a fight. I don't talk trash. I am a six foot tall, 300 pound Samoan woman. I am Ronda Rousey's worst nightmare. I am the embodiment of the anti-Rousey. And you want to know my secret? This hand, this fist, broke little Miss Becky Lynch's face. And I did it with one punch. This Sunday, when the bell rings and Ronda Rousey, being Ronda Rousey, comes directly for me, I'm going to punch Ronda Rousey in the face. But I'm not just going to stop at one punch like I did with Becky Lynch. I'm going to punch Ronda in the face over and over and over and over again until she taps out just to stop me. Now, I am not just the most imposing force in WWE women's history. I'm also a strategist. Ronda Rousey is a world-class judo champion and the current Raw Women's Champion. So if by chance she avoids my knockout punch and grabs my arm, I'm going to open this fist. I'm going to pry her hand off of my arm. I'm going to create distance with her and then I'm going to break her face. This hand that took Becky Lynch away from her adoring fans. This hand that's going to be holding my title over my head. When I erase the myth of Ronda Rousey at TLC. Here comes the champ. Rousey's not smiling tonight. I did not come here to hit my poses and talk about fighting. I came here to fight. Uh-oh, oh, here comes Rousey. And Nia Jackson, Tamina, think twice about it. Discretion's the better part of valor. Wise decision. Well, Nia knows she's got Ronda for the title on Sunday. Exactly. Why would you jeopardize that tonight? Trying to get under the skin of Ronda oh, Rousey. Wait a, a minute. bold move. It was a time to regroup, strategize for Nia and Tamina. And now Ronda's got some backup. A woman with a common enemy in Nia Jax. And Tamina. Ember Moon, who's had all kinds of problems with Nia and Tamina in recent weeks. And Ember Moon gets to try to rectify some of that coming up next when she takes on Tamina. You know what one of my favorite things is right now? Like Alexa Bliss is like, you know, trying to recover so she can get back into the ring. Speaking of Alexa Bliss. Yes, ma'am. 
She put some injectables up in that face. Oh. Okay. She, she out did. here looking like Paige. Oh, like, really? Oh, yes. Got duck lips. Hmm. She shouldn't be. She shouldn't go into this cos, the cosmetic ter- territories of that. That's not always the most she, fruitful. She does not look the same, and she's a lot smaller than Paige, so it looks a little more extreme on her. So my favorite thing right now is since she's recovering from concussions or whatever, and trying to get back into the ring, mm-hmm. she is not trying to get like bumped or knocked around or nothing. She be getting out of the ring so fast. <laughs> like she's standing up there, she hands the mic to Naya. The uh, Naya's talking, whatever. They're up there laughing, joking, whatever. And then all of a sudden, when Rhonda hits, like when Rhonda actually gets to the ring and gets on the apron, she is like the first person out of the ring. Like holy shit! <laughs> like she is not messing around. So Ember defeats Naya. I mean, excuse me, Ember defeats Tamina. She hits the Eclipse and gets the win. Um, Baron Corbin is interviewed about his main event match. He he doesn't see this as an abuse of power. He just accepted a challenge and is making sure fans see him in a TLC match. Charlie says that there are rumors that Brian will be at TLC, which Corbin dismisses. So it's main event time. Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. TLC Intercontinental title match. Corbin starts to climb the ladder. Rollins cuts him off with chair shots and then accidentally takes out Slater with the chair. Rollins sends Corbin to the steps. He hits a super kick and lays Corbin on the table on the floor. Rollins heads up top. He hits the crossbody and puts Corbin through the table. Rollins climbs the ladder, but he Slater gets back up and he shoves the ladder over. Slater then drags Corbin back in and Corbin climbs. Rollins takes out Slater and he power bombs Corbin through another table. Rollins super kicks later. We get a blackout to Baron Corbin. Then Rollins, Rollins climbs the ladder. He grabs the belt and the champ retains as Seth Rollins is victorious. The architect devising something big here. TLC matches are limited only by physics and one's imagination. It's all legal. Seth Rollins is thinking big tonight. Seth Rollins said he's going to take a stand for the entire Monday Night Raw locker room. And I guarantee you, most of the superstars in that locker room would love to be doing what Rollins is doing right here. They're all keeping a close eye. Close blast through Corbin, through the table. Rollins says, I intend to burn it down Sunday, but he's burning it down tonight. The championship's in his grasp. show on Monday Night Raw. This just, this is disgusting. Baron this is Corbin brutal. hasn't moved. Well, you he can't blame Slater. Acted on his own, oh, come of on, his Corey. own record. Barry Corbin practically unconscious. How the hell is he supposed to tell Heath Slater what to do? And now Slater, the official in this match, is helping Baron Corbin to get to his feet and climb the ladder to win the Intercontinental Championship. This abuse of power continues, and it's got to stop. You want to be on the right side of history? Just follow 
the new Intercontinental Champion. Everything the Intercontinental Championship represents has nothing to do with Baron Corbin. Well, this is going to be an asterisk. Wait a minute. Rollins is back at his feet. He took out oh, no, Slater. No, 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 no. And now he's got Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin. Driven through the table with a buckle bomb. Good night, General Manager Elect. Has got to climb the ladder. It's Seth's moment. Can Seth do it? Can Seth retain the title? Fingertip away. Rollins has got the goal. Seth Rollins retains. Here is your winner and still the Intercontinental Champion, Seth Rollins. At least for now. At least for this moment. At least for this one moment in time. Seth Rollins stood up to the tyranny of Baron Corbin. He took a stand tonight, and Rollins prevailed. But Rollins could be heading into TLC a little worse for wear after the damage he went through to retain the Intercontinental title. We now know that Sunday at TLC, these former friends will clash for the Intercontinental title. It is Ambrose versus Rollins. It happens live, streaming live on the WWE Network, Sunday from San Jose. G, your thoughts on that main event? I blame the liberal media <laughs> for giving us that match. I mean, hey, you're just trying to kill time. You know, I don't understand why you give us something like that when the the big show is around the corner on a Sunday. But hey, it's this is WWE in 2018, so. Is what it is. Dijane, do you have any uh, special thoughts or concerns about this main event match? No. <laughs> <laughs> so let me get your rating then. Uh, Zero out of five. Two. Okay. Yeah, let's go with two. Magnum Prime, you got a rating for this week? 1.8. I thought it was about a two as well. It was a it was a little better than the past couple of shows, but the ratings did not indicate that as it was lower than the show was a couple of weeks ago. So still dipping, 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 dipping. So we'll, so we're getting ready after this pay per view to kind of turn the corner into Royal Rumble season, which leads into WrestleMania season. We'll, so we'll see if they can pick it up on Raw. But at this time, I'm going to turn it over to Miss Edidi Jonay and the SmackDown Matters Report because they never need to pick it up over there on her side. No. She's we, always. We make, we're always happy. We, we always make good use of our two hours. Yeah, she always has fun and interesting things to talk about. So take yeah. it away. And on the, on the rare chance we don't, it's still better than Raw anyway. I don't know why I defend them like I get a paycheck. They need to give me a paycheck so I can really be Team SmackDown. Anyway, they're in Vegas. Daniel Bryan arrives. He says he called the people sheep last week and he would like to apologize to the sheep. He said they don't deserve to be compared to these idiots that are ruining the planet with their consumption. As you know, y'all are killing the planet. He says the fans are parasites. You take and take. You give nothing back, especially in, especially in Vegas, which is facts. They said... He said that we have lived through the old Brian, but the old Brian is dead, and so is the Yes movement. And he has um, 
Yes Movement is dead t-shirts now. It's amazing. Um, he says, you've moved on to AJ Styles, but he will crush AJ and the new Brian will remain champion. And then Mustafa Ali arrives. Daniel Bryan says he knows who he is. He introduces him to the audience and praises him as the heart of 205 Live and as an incredible performer. He says he sees a lot of himself in Mustafa, but that they don't have to do the match tonight. He said the fans won't care. After they're done, they don't deserve the match. Mustafa Ali asks what happened to Daniel Bryan, noting that Daniel Bryan is one of his inspirations and the 205 Live guys idolize him for all he has done. He says the old Daniel Bryan would want to fight, and that's what Ali wants. So then he asks him what kind of car he drives, and Mustafa says an SUV. So then Daniel Bryan calls him a small man and questions this and slaps Ali for being ignorant. I guess because like he he little, so what he need a SUV for. But Mustafa got children. He's a family man. So anyway, they brawl. Ali takes Daniel Bryan to the floor and follows with the 450. This creates a match. So the match happens. Mustafa counters the belly-to-back superplex, avoids the running dropkick, and Ali fires up with vicious chops. He then follows with a tornado DDT and gets a two-count. He heads up top but misses the imploding 450. Daniel Bryan slams the knee onto the post a few times, chop box Ali, and applies a heel hook, and then Ali has to tap. Post-match, Daniel Bryan attacks and applies a heel hook on the floor. How do we feel? Great showcase for Mustafa Ali. This was fun. He had a chance to talk, and he's put on a good match. I did not see this match because I was in the suburbs, but I did see a clip of Mustafa walking through the um, hallways at the end and everybody kind of like congratulating him on showing out. So he must have did a good job. Yeah, it was good. It was real good. I'm happy to hear it. Next, for whatever reason, the bar and the Usos are going to have a rap battle. The New Day are your hosts. The bar goes first. They do an Ice Ice Baby line. The Usos laugh. They drop the mic. The Usos go make Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle references and make fun of Cesaro losing teeth, which happened, I recall. Was that this year? Yes, it was. God, it's been a long year. It breaks down into a brawl with the bar running wild and standing tall. Now let's not forget... We will all engage in a triple threat tag team match this Sunday at TLC where we will become once again your WWE World Tag Team Champions! But, 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 tonight, we will be the judge, jury, and executioner. Bar, you're up first. Hit it. This is going to be good. (laughs) We hope. Yo, yo, check it, check it. All right, this has gone too far. Big Tony, let's hit them with the bar. Ice, ice, shamey. Ice, ice, shamey. Yo, stop. Collaborate and listen. The bar is back with a brand new disc and shamey. It's going to hold you tightly. Zara's going to swing you daily and nightly. When will you stop? Uh, I don't know. Yo, Shamey, let's go back to the flow. The extreme gonna broke your head like a vandal. When we step through those ropes, nobody can hold a candle. Ice, ice, ice Shamey. Ice, ice, Shamey. That was absolutely... We shut it down, dog! Yeah, word to your mother. Well, wow, and, and a mic drop. 
That was incredible. That was no, incredible. Mind-blowing. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to give you that. that. That's the score for that. Yeah. <laughs> Make Michael Cole look like Wale. Well, well, moving on, moving on. The Usos. It's the Usos versus the bar and the rap bar. I'm like, it can't be. What the hell they about to talk about, Us? Oh, no, Seamus' hair grease. Cesaro's mouthpiece. Really, we're just going to have to wait and see. Hey, you know, the last battle we had, we got cheated. Yeah. Felt defeated. Try to erase it from my past like my man Matt Hardy said. Delete it. This battle, we ready. We didn't already beat the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to beat Bebop and Rocksteady. Mr. Movie Star, Mr. Movie Star, we seen your movies, not trying to steal a line from the New Day, but your acting was booty. I mean, truly, the WWE Universe, like the Usos, they show love. That's Cupid. The WWE Universe sees Seamus, you look dumb. No, 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 no. You look stupid. <laughs> hey, Seamus, is it true that you purposely stay out the sun so your skin can be white like chalk? Hey, do you call Cesaro over in the morning to help you grease your mohawk? How do you knock Cesaro's teeth out with no knuckles? I don't know. I do. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to my friend, Mr. Turnbuckle. Hey, Mr. Turnbuckle. Mr. Turnbuckle. The people want to know, how did it feel? Well, Ooze, when I pushed Cesaro's teeth down his throat, I had to let him know who's the real man of steel. The Swiss Superman, right? The King of Swing, right? Ain't none of that matters when you step in the ring with the Uso. Your boys keep the kryptonite. You say you are the bar and you set the bar. Standing right in front of you is the true tag team. We are the stars. Ten years in the game, we still go hard, you understand? Since 2009, zero injuries. I earned the nickname. Call him Iron Man! Six-time champs are coming soon, believe me. New Day, The Bar, Sunday, TLC. Welcome to the Uso! Whoa, whoa. Oh, wait a minute, the champs! Stop him by the Usos, I guess. So I guess the Usos won? Well, I think that's obvious. Uh, guys, remember there's still beef between the moderators and the Usos. Oh, oh wait a minute. Sheamus and Cesaro go open, everyone. Big bro kick by Sheamus. There's a preview of what could come this Sunday at TLC. And if that happens, the bar will retain. A preview of the absolute chaos that we're going to see at TLC. Oh, driven into the canvas. The SmackDown Tag Team Champions sending a message before the TLC pay-per-view. We are the bar! I can see it now. They're going to have t shirts that say run BAR. Just like DMC, but better. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's great marketing, is what that is, Saxton. Interesting. Did you see this? No, I didn't see see something. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you know what? Mm. Better than expected. The rap battle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because on paper, that sounds like a horrific idea. <laughs> because it was like, they were saying, I think they were saying, to me, it sounded like they were saying ice, ice shavings, but I think they were saying ice, ice shamey. And basically, oh. they were like doing ice, ice baby, but like in certain like bar type stuff, like their names or 
you know, something that has to do with them beating up the Usos or something in certain parts. <laughs> yeah, and then they were dressed like Ren DMC with the, you know, oh, that's adorable. Adidas okay, so outfits. This is like the second good rap battle because the only other good rap battle was the Usos versus the New Day. Is he, this is the this is the second rap battle. So yeah, they're two for two. And, I feel like there's been one like back in the nineties. Oh, you know, but it's not like the WWE is original. But. but then the Usos, they went like they 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 went like real personal. It was like how you want to make how you make Cesaro lose teeth with no knuckles. But let me introduce y'all to Mister Turnbuckle. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> um. I don't mean to get distracted from SmackDown because SmackDown absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. But y'all might want to watch Impact this week. Mm-hmm. I heard some things are motivating and shaking over there. Um, this this matches a little bit of flames of the emoji store. Oh my god! Ooh, and he's shirtless. Anyway, and the, I would tell you about it, but I don't know who these people are. <laughs> anyway, um, the Miz. Oh, no, no, no. Let me not skip Asuka. She cuts a promo about the tonight's match with Charlotte. She says she'll win the title at TLC, but that Charlotte is not ready for her on Tuesday. Miz is in the ring with the Best in the World trophy, and he begs Shane McMahon to come to the ring. So he comes out. He said, why do you have the trophy? And Miz says they can be good together if he gives them a chance. This is very much like misery. He wants them to tag again, and if they lose, they can go their separate ways. Shane says you're being weird and I'm about to call, you know, the people. And Miz says the trophy is about so much more. So he asks for a referee. They have a match with Jimmy and Johnny Boots and Tights. They attack and beat down Shane. Shane fires back. There's a spinning back elbow that follows. And then the DDT connects. Shane locks on a triangle and he gets the submission win. Um, Not good. No. No. Shane looked like he was about to pass out on us. I'm shocked. I'm, sh- I'm shocked that a 50 year old part time wrestler isn't up to par. Oh, Jesus. Yo, you really got to watch Impact this week. Anyway, Paige yells at the ref for that last match, but the ref says that Miz okayed it. Jimmy and Johnny Boots and Pants give Paige an invoice for her to pay them $5,000 each. Like any smart businesswoman, she rips up the invoices. All Lives Orton arrives. He says there's nothing like an old a good old-fashioned chair to make a point. There's some video footage of him assaulting Rey Mysterio with said chair. He said that's good. He can do better. And he gets more footage. So there's so he has a chairs match with Ray on Sunday. He said he's done sick and twisted things. But Ray is apparently okay with the match. Ray is his victim. He won't be getting revenge. Some are worried about TLC, but Ray needs to fear. Not worry. Fear. But guess what? Ray Mysterio interrupts with chair shots and then he drop kicks the chair on Orton's face. Then a 619 follows and Orton powers. I don't know what that means. Rolls out of the ring. Leaves. Oh, why can't you just say run like a little bitch? I like my way better. Oh, okay. Yours is less worse though. So concise. Economy yeah. of words, Miss D. You know about it is, that. It is important. It, it does matter. Yo, but this match is really good. I don't know if it's homicide. It's homicide in some lucha luchador. But like they running on a rope. They look like they're about to break each other's backs. This is exactly what you want in a match. Definitely watch Impact this week. Um, Becky Lynch walks and is asked about tonight's Oscar versus Charlotte match. She says she has to defend in the most dangerous match on Sunday against two of the best. 
There is no advantage, but she loves fighting the odds. She said she'll scout tonight and on Sunday will remind all about the chaos when the man comes around. Yes. I don't understand the booking, but there's a Rusev 7 Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe and Nakamura match. Okay, this this was this match was a lot of fun to me. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Yeah. Well, let's, well let me tell the children about it. Tags to Rusev and Nakamura. Then Rusev takes control and runs wild on Nakamura. There's a follow-away slam that follows and then a spin kick that connects. Nakamura battles back, but Rusev catches him with a spin kick. As it breaks down, there's a twist of fate, and then the apron clothesline follows on Joe of the Samoas. The Rusev counters the Kinshasa with the Machka kick and pins Nakamura. I don't understand why Samoa Joe is losing, even if he wasn't the one pinned. <laughs> why is he losing some more still? That's how they, that's how they do. That's so annoying. <laughs> but you said the match was good. And I guess that's all that matters. Yeah, it was fun. I liked it a lot. So Shane and Miz are arguing. Miz just wants to be best in the world. But Shane blows him off and leaves. AJ is interviewed about Sunday's match. He wants to beat the hell out of Daniel Bryan and is counting down the days until Sunday. He says this isn't the new Daniel Bryan. It's just the real Daniel Bryan. He plans to get his title back on Sunday. It appears that they have bumped the plan. Naomi and Mandy Rose match. Um, Naomi looked like she about to beat her ass in real life because you know how sometimes kayfabe is a thing right and everybody mm-hmm. knows that people ain't really doing what you know I'm just joking but you know sometimes you can't joke about everything and Mandy Rose said something a little sick about Jimmy and Naomi said back up off my husband and she said god damn you know, you're very insecure and then Naomi said block her before I lose my job and my religion I was like, oh, damn, you real black. Um, I like it when Trinity from Orlando shows up. Yeah, it's, it was very like, let's, let's, it was very like, you think I'm still in character and I'm not. So, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, would you like to fight? <laughs> so, yeah, they needed, they needed that match because Naomi got feelings and thoughts. So, I mean, you never know. Something might magically put them on, like, the pre-show that nobody watched. Yeah, that would be cool for them to yeah, have that. Because then they could get enough time to actually have a really good match. Yeah. And what the fuck else are y'all doing on the pre-show? I saw it once. Wasn't nothing going on. <laughs> I saw it once. <laughs> like Kaylee's comment. <laughs> I saw that one time. Shit. <laughs> Pre-show was garbage. Like, don't I have another match? Why not? Make it worth my while. Anyway, your match of the night, your main events. Asuka versus Charlotte. Asuka fires back on Charlotte with kicks and counters. The spear into a co-breaker for two. She lays in a flurry of kicks and some forearm strikes. She goes back to the kicks, but Charlotte finally hits the spear for a two-count. Charlotte heads up top, goes for the moonsault, eats the knees, and then the Asuka lock follows. Charlotte fights. They spill onto the floor. Charlotte gets a kendo stick and attacks Asuka for the DQ. Technically, that means Asuka won, but she didn't win the war. Post-match, Charlotte hits Becky and gets an ass beat for her trouble. And Asuka takes the kendo stick and beats on Charlotte and then Becky. And Asuka stands tall to close the show. That's my kind of ending. Oh, inside cradle. Oh, oh. Went for the figure four again. Got caught. Kick out. Try to reinsert her name into the championship picture. 
But she has got an uphill battle right now against the Queen. Remember at WrestleMania was for the SmackDown Women's title. This is what Asuka been going after for a long time here in WWE. Asuka understands the conversation has always been about Charlotte. Oh, it's been about Becky Lynch. Oh, shot right to the back. And now Asuka back up on her feet, albeit hobbled. This is Asuka's chance to become the conversation. Yeah, but can Asuka pick up the pace as needed? The adrenaline can help you so far, but... Oh, oh my! Man, went oh. for the spear! Asuka landed the knees! Cover! Oh. Kick out by Flair! Yeah, we knew this match was, was going to be ultra-physical. Oh, oh no. wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A kendo stick in hand. Oh, and oh. shades of what Ronda Rousey suffered at Survivor Series. Oh, God. Well, this, of course, going to force a disqualification. Asuka's going to be your winner, but... The Queen just wore another kendo stick out. I just wondered, did, did Asuka frustrate the Queen so much to drive her to grab that kendo stick? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, and Flair attacking the champion and now going back to Asuka. Charlotte with a well-placed kendo stick shot to the oh. knee of the champion and once again right back to Asuka. Oh, the SmackDown with the champion. Tossing Charlotte into the steel. And the man is not going to stand for it. Oh, boy. Oh! You hear the thud. Becky Lynch downright reckless right now. Thrashing Charlotte Flair. But Asuka with a kick to the champion. Look out. Oh, and Becky sat over the desk. Satisfied look on the face of the Empress of Tomorrow, who now wields the kendo stick. Oh, and attacking a longtime rival with the kendo stick. This Sunday, it'll all be legal. Now it is Asuka sending oh. a message of brutality to her TLC opponents. Asuka's destroying Flair and Lynch. Asuka's going to break that kendo stick. Oscar's gonna break her opponents. Oh hell, the Empress! Oh yeah, she. Uh, it was good that they were beating the shit out of each other with those kendo sticks. Man, Charlotte yeah. was all whooped up. Mm. Yes, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, so good ending. It was. A, ever having a good match, and then you know they kind of you don't want to, I guess, give away a clean finish on TV between these two. So. That's how they got out of it. But the Vegas crowd could have done a little bit more. That last closing segment, they were kind of dead for the action they were getting. <laughs> but it's Vegas, so. True. Didi Jane, how's your Christmas shopping going? What? How's your Christmas shopping going? Well, when I get paid tomorrow, I can finally start. <laughs> well, when you do start, start over on CSPN.us. Hmm. Head over to Amazon. Head over to Busted Tees, head over to Audible, Adam and Eve, or any of our sponsors to help keep our podcast free each and every week. All you got to do is just click on the tab at the top of the CSPN homepage that says keep our podcast free. Then click on any of our sponsors that you wish to shop with. Do your shopping as normal. Some of your purchase will come back here to the CSPN to help keep the WrestleCast and all of our podcasts on the network free each and every week. So please support the CSPN through supporting our sponsors at www.cspn.us. NXT time. 
the Undisputed Era, they come to the ring to start the show. Adam Cole says they're going to start the holiday season right when Bobby Fish beats up EC3. He says that EC3 can't bring his career to the next level in NXT because the whole brand revolves around the Undisputed Era. 2018 was the start of a decade of dominance for them. Cole predicts that they'll have all the gold in 2019. It's not a threat. It's undisputed. Bobby Fish with the Undisputed Era versus EC3. EC3 fights back and Fish takes a vicious looking rope bump where his neck snaps off the top rope. Yeah, he yeah, it was bad. He almost did an endo to himself. Uh, EC3 hits the name drop but gets his knees taken out. EC3 uses a small package though and he gets the win. The Undisputed Era hit the ring and they jump EC3. EC3 gets saved by Heavy Machinery. EC3 and Heavy Machinery, they clean house, and Kyle O'Reilly gets left out all alone to take a three-on-one beating. Big Otis Dozovitz hits the worm into the big elbow, and EC3 and Heavy Machinery stand tall. Oh, man, this was this was actually the save part was pretty good because, like, you know those little um those little deep freezers those little like short square deep freezers that's that's what my man Otis Dozovich looks like and he was just throwing these huge he's got he's like got these like wide arms and he's just throwing these meat hooks and the undisputed era guys are just going all over the ring uh it was so <laughs> good and then like like I said they got Kyle O'Reilly by himself so they you know ping pong him around he gets knocked down, and then you see this big dude like, oh, this has got to be like 320, five foot two, and then he does a worm into an elbow drop. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Um, your two phrase earlier today, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, they were interviewed. Dakota Kai, she's in her Kingslayer shirt. She says that they're asked about they're asked about Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir. Uh, they said they're not going to take their interference anymore, and they challenge them to a tag team match next week. Nanny Birch and Oni Lorkin versus the Mighty. Oni counters a double press slam with a double DDT. Oni slaps them up, but the Mighty come back with their own slaps. Oni ducks, and the Mighty hit each other. We get attacked to Birch, who headbutts who head Thorn. We get an elevated assisted DDT, and Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan get the win. We have the Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tomasa Ciampa interview uh, segment from last week that it gets reshown. And the steel cage match between Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano will happen next week. So somewhere outside, Gargano, he's cutting a handheld promo saying Black can't absolve him of his sins because he did nothing wrong. It was for the greater good. Black keeps being in the wrong place at the wrong time, which is in Johnny Gargano's path to becoming NXT champion. He'll do whatever he needs to do so this story can end the right way. Shayna Baszler and her MMA buddies are interviewed. Shayna doesn't care about the contenders matches because she will break them either way. When Jasmine and Marina are asked about the challenge from EO and Dakota, they laugh and Shayna accepts the match for them. Lacey Evans, she qualified for the number one contenders match at an NXT live event. And then we see clips of her being Zia Lee and she joins Bianca Belair as the second woman to qualify uh, for this four-way match. 
So we have another qualifying match, and that's between Mia Yim versus Reina Gonzalez. Reina talks trash and applies a Canadian Batbreaker torture rack. Mia finds a way to counter and fires off a bunch of chops. Mia throws in kicks before Mia wins with the soul food. So, so far in the number one contenders fatal four-way match, we have Bianca Belair, Lacey Evans, and Mia Yim. So one more spot up for grabs. Aleister Black, he cuts promo. He says that the human race does stuff revolving around how they're feeling. About facing Johnny Gargano in a steel cage, he doesn't feel anything. He just has to do it. Johnny is far be- far beyond absolution and redemption, so all that's left is annihilation. Ricochet is out for the North American Championship Open Challenge. And the challenger is... None other than Prince Pretty, Tyler Breeze. Oh my, it's Tyler. He still has the best music ever. Um, Ricochet versus Tyler Breeze, NXT North American Championship match. Breeze hits the supermodel kick and reverse rounder for two. Ricochet, Ricochet says this place is his now. We get a kick to the ribs by Breeze. He fires off some shots, but he eats a kick when he tries the supermodel kick again. We get a jumping knee and an enziguri by Breeze. Ricochet catches the beauty shot and he turns it into a cradle shot, which is basically a um, like pile driver, high angle pile, uh, high angle power bomb, excuse me. And he retained the North American title. So this was a cool little match. It was cool to see Tyler Breeze come back to NXT. He got a huge reaction. Um, big surprise. Hopefully they'll be doing more. Stuff like that, you know, for people who are kind of not doing shit on the main roster, but, you know, need some TV time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was cool to see him out there and, you know, have a good match and be in the main event and all that good stuff. So good for Tyler Breeze. Good for Ricochet. This was a pretty fun episode of NXT. Um, can't wait to see the steel cage match next week. So I would suggest, Miss D.D. if you remember. Or if you're like on Saturday or whatever, just be like, oh, I ain't got nothing to do. Don't, don't, you know, got an hour to kill. Yeah, I would suggest next week you watch NXT because mm-hmm. that okay. should be pretty good. So before we go, um, there was some breaking news on as we record this tonight's episode of Impact. So fill the people in on what happened. Okay, like I said, this episode has been Emoji Flames. Um there were some matches that you have to see. I don't know them people. I just know they did the damn thing. But for people who I do know, Tessa Blanchard and Taya are going to have a match for the women's championship. And the special guest referee is Gail Kim. Oh, sookie sookie now. Maybe she's coming back to wrestle. Maybe. Maybe that's going to be her entrance, her first step back. I just thought that was nice and that's going to be amazing and I know that they said something about impact in Mexico in early January so maybe that'll be when all that goes down alright all right. so yeah uh, check out their YouTube page that's probably the best way to catch those type of things after the fact because once you hear this in a real time it will be you know done with but I'm pretty sure it'll be all over the internet's so, um, too bad you don't know who those people are because I'd like to hear who was uh, ripping it up in these matches. But maybe I'll they go were, out and find it. They here. were they were on the smaller side of life. Okay, 
they look like two hundred five life size people. The in the first match and the second match, they were they're like the Puerto Rican contingent. It was two of them. Okay. And one of them had on a mask, and then the other one looked like um, Hernandez, Homicide, and Hernandez, the little one. You know. Yeah. I don't know names, but yeah, yeah but both of those matches were certainly better than anything you would have seen on Raw. And actually better than a lot of the things that are on SmackDown lately. So you should definitely, if you can find it, if it's on your, um, on demand, definitely. Or just check YouTube for it because those were good matches. All right. Any This Week in History or? Oh, I don't know. Go on to something else and I'll see if I can find it real quick. Well, the World Tag League concluded in New Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we're gonna have one more run between the Young Bucks and the Gorillas of Destiny for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So this will be a very big time coming up for the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, because in New Japan the contracts kind of renew mm-hmm. uh, January fourth. So that would technically be their last date. If they decide to make other moves. So a lot of people are waiting to see what's going to happen. Coming up in, uh, you know, like January the 7th. Mm. (laughs) That's real soon. Yeah, real, real soon. So, um, you know, we talked about that, you know, that new promotion that, you know, they may be trying to start all elite Mm -hmm. wrestling. And so basically, if things are what they say they are, then, you know, after January 4th, they would be full steam ahead on trying to get that off the ground. Mm. So that, amazing. Yeah. So what you got for uh yeah. Last my boss texted me. Um this week in history was the nineteen eighty nine Starcade. But with anything notable? Of course. I have to get there. There were there's other things from like the nineteen oh five. <laughs> oh, Han yeah. Schmidt was uh, winning matches in 1905. Uh, sure, but in '89, the NWA Tag Champions Rick and Scott Steiner defeated Doom with Woman and Nitron via countout in a non-title match. Who cares about a non-title match? NWA US Champ Lex Luger pinned Sting in a non-title match. The Wood Royals defeated Doom. Why Doom got all these matches? The NWA World Champion Ric Flair with Ole and Arn Anderson pinned NWA TV Champion The Great Muda with Gary Hart. Um, tag champs Rick and Scott Steiner defeated. What? It must have been like a, a round robin kind it of It might have been the um, tag team tournament one that they had. Ah, that makes sense. So then Rick and Scott Steiner defeated the World Warriors. Then Sting pinned NWA TV Champion The Great Muda. Yeah, it must be a tournament. The yeah, Wild Samoans tournament. defeated Doom. Lex Luger fought uh, NWA World Champion fled to a 15-minute time limit draw. The Wild Samoans defeated the Steiners. Lex Luger defeated Muda. The Road Warriors defeated the Samoans. And then Sting pinned Ric Flair at 1457. Yeah, they That's had some lie. they had some weird some weird battle bowl or some type of tournament they were doing. That's really weird. But in Huntsville, Alabama that same year, the Colossal Connection, who was who was Andre the Giant and Haku, 
defeated Demolition, which were Axe and Smash, for the WWF Tag Team title. In 91, Steven Regal defeated Jimmy Garvin, and Lex Luger defeated PN News. I remember PN News. And then Sting, Dustin Rhodes, and Bill Kazmaier defeated WCW US champ Rick Rude, Mr. Hughes, and Oz. Uh, AKA and, Kevin Nash. Oh, that's a much better name. In 92, Eric Watts fought Steve Austin to a draw. Ryan Pillman pill, pinned to Cold Scorpio. Barry Wyndham fought Dustin Rose to a double countout. Uh, in 93, Alondra Blaze defeated Heidi Lee Morgan in the finals of a tournament to win the revived WWF women's tag title. Nope, women's title. Just the women's title. In 98 in Tokyo, Rob Van Dam and Sabu defeated the Dudley Boys to win the ECW tag team title. And in 2002 in Switzerland, Sting defeated Lex Luger and Malice in a three-way bout to win the World Wrestling All-Stars World Heavyweight title. In 08, John Morrison and The Miz won the tag team champs, were the tag team champs by defeating CM Punk and Kofi Kingston. Damn, what difference a decade made. Um, in 09, Sheamus defeated John Cena in a tables match. What? To win the WWE title, Undertaker defeated Batista in a chairs match to retain his title. DX, and again, this is 2009, DX defeated Chris Jericho on the big show to win the unified tag team titles. And Drew McIntyre, again, what nine years difference makes, defeated Shelty Benjamin to win the IC title. And some things happened in 2015, but that was just a couple years ago. Don't worry. <laughs> that really wasn't history, right? Yeah, that's just like, a, you know, last time. All right. That's good stuff. Yeah. Funny how, you know, some people come back around again, right? Yeah. I was inter- interested to hear about Drew McIntyre. Yeah, he was like really young. He was like 20, 21, 22. And oh, and they kept, and he, he like fell into the hype of being the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of got them all screwed up until they, you know, fired his ass, and then he had to go to TNA, and then he kind of got himself back together. Then he he quit TNA, and then went on the Indies and got to be like the hottest guy on the Indies. Like he just totally revamped everything about him, and mm-hmm. then that's when he came back to NXT. And ever since then, he's been on his way. I think that's nice. Yeah. So. It's just an interesting way that you can, you know, be on their radar, don't do good, but still work hard enough to come back around, get a little bit more seasoning, and then come back. Yeah. And then also, I think sometimes, I think wrestling is in an interesting spot where, you know, you want to kind of depend on the young kids because they're young, so they can do a lot of stuff. But then it's just like, you need that seasoning, you need that time. So it's like, even though that was 10 years ago, he's only 33. Mm-hmm. So he's still right. got a lot of good years in him. Right. And that's the one thing that people are kind of down about how the WWE kind of does things is yeah. that, you know, back in the day, like once you got to WWE, that was kind of like the last stop you wanted to get to. That was like the, you know, the biggest territory, the most money you can make and all that stuff. But a lot of people who went to WWF back in the day, they were already like 10 year veterans and they've been working around the country and had all these different styles like, you know, like North Carolina. They had a certain style of wrestling they did. 
Tennessee had a certain style of wrestling. They did. Georgia has a certain style of wrestling. They did. Florida had their style. Louisiana had their style. And basically what you could do is if you worked one year in all the territories across the country, you could have a 25 year career. Mm. Because you could start in like North Carolina and just work your way all the way back around the country. Cause you know, there was, you know, wrestling in California and Washington and Oregon and all these different places. And then you want to end up in the WWF, like as a grizzled veteran to make the most money you could, but you had all this seasoning. Now, Everybody comes from the performance center pretty much or everybody comes from some version of the indies and then they make you go to the performance center no matter how good you are most of the time. So, you know, you get WWE eyes, you know, and so everybody kind of looks and wrestles and talks and acts the same. Mm. So when somebody like Velveteen Dream comes up, it's like, it's so different. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's so different than everybody else. And it's so cool because you can tell that he's the one controlling it. It's not like, oh, we just kind of stumbled upon this. We don't know what to do with it, but we're going to try our best. It's like, nope, this is me. Let me take control of it. You work with me. So mm-hmm. hopefully he never goes to the main roster. I'm like, you I don't, I don't want just him stay in NXT. Like, think yeah. of, like in theory, like I tell everybody, I was like, NXT is the best thing that they do. Mm-hmm. It's the most consistent show. The pay-per-views are always the bomb. It has long storylines. They don't ever forget the history. They actually come back to shit. It's like, you know, everything you want out of your Raw and SmackDown, you can get it on NXT, and it's only an hour. Mm-hmm. So, get into it, folks. So, anyway, Miss D.D. Jonay, at this time, I'm going to turn it over to you for your shout-outs, thank yous, and all that good stuff. Uh, just shout out to Mel because Mel always gets shout outs. The ladies of Glow, everybody who tweets. If you have left a review, and I know you haven't, but if you are guilted into leaving a review, shout out to you. Uh, and shout out to anybody who wants to get me a Christmas gift because, you know, Christmas coming. And I would like Christmas gifts. <laughs> She accepts the kind that jingles, but she prefers the kind that falls. Okay. So, yeah. Just shout out to NAU, of course. The best producer in the business. And that's it. Oh, Sam and Greg. Yeah. I'd like to give a shout out to Miss Didi Jonay for joining me each and every week. I'd like to give a shout out to Greg for joining us. Give a shout out to Sam. Give a shout out to Quantum Central R out there. Hopefully, him and Sam will put together another uh, WrestleCast Red and Black for all the Patreon listeners out there. Um, please go over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN. That's another way to support the podcast. Uh, we can also uh, give a shout out to everybody who's going to join us for No Scrubs Cast this Sunday, 7 p.m. Give a shout out to The Glow, all the wrestle base, everybody who came out for RawCast and SmackDown Matters. I know RawCast is, you know, becoming a chore to get through these three hours, but you know, we still have our faithful people who live tweet with us and make it a lot of fun. So I appreciate y'all, especially here in the last like two months or so. I know it's been rough. Um, and anybody who just listens to the WrestleCast, like I said, uh, like DD said, please, if you listen on iTunes, rate, review, send feedback, um, you know, give us some ideas, some topics to talk about. We don't always have to just review 
of the shows. You know, we can get into some topics and things like that. If you want to hear some more wrestling talk, head over, like I said, to the Patreon page to become a CSPN backstage member. You can hear our pre-show conversations that, you know, have some wrestling talk, just have some general conversations. So they're a lot of fun as well. And on that note, for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet, and the WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 215. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Look, I got to admit, for the past couple months, I've been wrapped up in this whole thing with Dean Ambrose, and I haven't gotten an opportunity to tell you what I think about the job you've been doing as Raw General Manager. The bottom line is that under your leadership, and I use that term, that word leadership, very, very loosely, under your leadership, Monday Night Raw has sucked. And it's sucked. It has sucked because of you. What you've been doing as general manager-elect is not okay, it is not right, it is wrong. I get it, Seth, you're frustrated, but I'm allowing you to vent. So if I were you, I would watch how you speak to me. Oh, watch how I speak to you, or what, huh? You're going to snap your fingers, you're going to fire me, fire your entire roster, is that what's going to happen? You don't even know what to look. That roster, that locker room back there, that is some of the most talented men and women that Monday Night Raw has ever seen. And you've got no idea what to do with it. Here's an example. You've got a tag team, an amazing tag team like the Revival, who should be competing for the Raw tag team titles. And you've got them in Lucha House Rule matches. Every single decision that you've made is to mask your insecurities, Corbin. Oh, was Braun Strowman mean to you? Did he hurt your feelings? So bad so that you felt you had to hand the title, the Universal Championship, back to Brock Lesnar? You know the last time Brock Lesnar competed on a match? On Monday Night Raw, do you have any clue, any idea? Let's get in the Wayback Machine, all the way to 2002. 16 years since Brock Lesnar's been on a match on Raw. So this whole Baron Corbin experience, this little experiment you're doing, I got some news for you. It's been an abject failure. Because talent support, the morale from backstage, the fan support, and the TV ratings are all at an all-time low. And it is all because of you. Now, Seth, I appreciate your feedback, but next time, save me some time. Write it on a piece of paper, put it under my desk, and I'll file it under, I don't give a damn! I don't care what you think, I don't care what the locker room thinks, and I sure as hell don't care what you think! This Sunday, Dean Ambrose is gonna beat you for that Intercontinental Championship! And then, I'm going to beat Braun Strowman in a TLC match by forfeit. 
time starting that very next night on Raw until the day you quit, I am going to put you through hell. You want to put me through hell? Why don't you put me through hell starting tonight? Huh? How about we do it in this ring? You go one-on-one in a match with me right here. It's you versus me in a TLC match. I have no problem making an example out of you. I will show everyone what happens when you disrespect the current and future general manager of Raw. But my answer is still no. Look, I have plenty of things. Coward. You understand my responsibilities. Coward. 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 Hey, how about we could start calling you Coward Alex Corbin? Coward. 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 You know what, Seth? Shut your mouth. You want a TLC match right here tonight? Well, you got it. That match, it'll be for that Intercontinental Championship. 